Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In today's story, we remember the Waldo Canyon Fire. This podcast was written and is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. As we come into May 2022 and approach the 10-year anniversary of the Waldo Canyon Fire, following a particularly dry winter, we are entering into a potentially very volatile fire season. In a year like this one, we as Teller County residents must be vigilant in taking the steps that help prevent the starting of wildfires and mitigate the spread of fires that do start. With that in mind, let's talk about the Waldo Canyon Fire. Friday, June 22, 2012. At approximately 7.50 p.m., El Paso County Sheriff's Office Dispatch received a call from Crystal Park, an area above Colorado Springs and adjacent to Manitou Springs. The caller reported seeing white smoke north of Cave of the Winds. Several more reports came in as firefighters from five different local agencies assembled to begin the search for the smoke source within a half hour. The U.S. Forest Service took command and established Pyramid Command by 8.36 p.m. Saturday, June 23rd. As U.S. Forest Service personnel continued to search for the source of the reported smoke, a hiker called in spotting the fire about 500 yards off the Waldo Canyon Loop at 12.03 p.m. Soon afterwards, wildfire personnel and a single-engine air tanker were called in. Within the hour, voluntary evacuations were sent out to Green Mountain Falls, Chapita Park, and Cascade. At 12.41 p.m., the U.S. Forest Service took command and labeled the fire the Waldo Canyon Fire. The firefighting operations would be overseen by a Type 3 command structure, a unified command in which municipal, county, state, and national agencies worked in cooperation and joint authority for incident command. Eagle Camp and Rampart Reservoir were ordered evacuated at 3.12 p.m., and all areas under voluntary evacuation were ordered to mandatorily evacuate by 3.44 p.m. Sunday, June 24th. At 1.25 a.m., Manitou Springs, including Crystal Park, was given the order to evacuate. Officers went door-to-door throughout the following day, ensuring the approximately 5,000 residents in about 2,800 homes left the area to safety. Around 1,050 homes near Garden of the Gods in Colorado Springs were also given the evacuation order. And at 6.47 a.m., Geocast sent out the mandatory order for Cascade, Chapita Park, and Green Mountain Falls. Deputies were in those areas to help affect and assist the evacuation. Before noon, Farish and Carroll Lakes campgrounds were evacuated, and at 12.46 p.m., the Colorado State Patrol closed Highway 24 through Ute Pass in both directions. According to a KKTV report, David Hunting with the Manitou Springs Fire Department stated that the fire was two ridges away from the Cave of the Winds and also moving up Rampart Range Road. By this time, the U.S. Forest Service reported the fire to be 2,000 to 2,500 acres. Responding to it were the Colorado Springs Fire Department, the Teller County Sheriff's Office, 
the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, the Manitou Springs Fire Department, and the Cascade Fire Department. Early in the day, 70 firefighters were on hand to battle the blaze, and by 8.30 a.m., a lead aircraft and two heavy tankers were also on station to support the firefighting efforts. By 8 o'clock p.m., 350 firefighters would be on hand with more on the way. Monday, June 25th. Command transitioned from the Type 3 command structure to a Type 1 incident management team operated through the U.S. Forest Service. Officials were estimating the possibility of an additional 3,500 to 5,000 acres burning as quarter-sized embers carried in smoke and wind became recognized as a threat in significantly spreading the fire. Manitou Springs residents were allowed to return to their homes, but Cascade, Green Mountain Falls, and the Colorado Springs subdivisions of Crystal Park and Cedar Heights remained evacuated due to the fire danger. 450 firefighters, many of whom were just coming off the Springer Fire near Lake George, were now battling the Waldo Canyon Fire. Tuesday, June 26th. A KKTV article reported, Sunny streets suddenly turned black as gigantic plumes of smoke took over the city, chunks of ash raining down. On this day, homes began burning. Record-breaking heat, strong winds, dry air, and dry fuel all became factors that pushed the Waldo Canyon fire into Queens Canyon and into Colorado Springs. Some 32,000 residents were displaced, choking roads with evacuees. KKTV reported that 20,000 homes and 160 commercial buildings were in danger and that the Flying W Ranch had burned down. By midday, a large smoke column was rising over the fire, forming a pyrocumulus cloud. Essentially, a cumulonimbus cloud formed when massive amounts of heat from the fire draw in the surrounding air to develop upward columns of smoke that act like forming thunderstorms. This can lead to lightning, hail, light rain, and erratic, stronger winds on the ground that cause unpredictable fire behavior. The evacuation order for Cristola was given, and the Air Force Academy began to evacuate their families. Meanwhile, firefighters were maintaining containment lines along Highway 24 and protecting Rampart Reservoir as an important water source for Colorado Springs. Firefighters were also fighting hard to save homes. Colorado Springs Fire Chief Richard Brown said, we're saving many, many homes. We're triaging homes. As homes caught fire and were quickly engulfed, firefighters worked to save the surrounding homes. Wednesday, June 27th. Officials reported to the media that the fire had expanded from approximately 6,000 acres to over 15,000 acres over the previous 24 hours. But firefighters had been establishing and holding containment lines to slow the fire's spread. Firefighters were battling the fires from all sides and priority containment lines were established to protect Woodland Park and critical communications assets and to contain the fire in Colorado Springs. On the downslope side of the fire, areas west of Interstate 25 from north of the Air Force Academy, including Monument and Palmer Lake, southward to Fontenero Street in Colorado Springs received pre-evacuation orders but the weather began turning to more favorable conditions. 
Firefighters were able to put out most of the fires in Colorado Springs neighborhoods and generally make significant headway in their ongoing fight. Forest Supervisor Jerry Marr called June 27th a good day for fighting fire. Thursday, June 28th. Weather conditions were much more favorable for fighting fire. This day was the first since the fire started that was without a red flag warning. Shelters in Teller County and El Paso County remained open as evacuation orders remained active. Colorado Springs police were spread out to protect the property in the evacuated areas and made several arrests of trespassers and potential looters. Assisting the law enforcement officials, National Guard soldiers manned the area's trails to help enforce closures. By this day, the burned area had stretched to almost 18,500 acres. Friday, June 29th. This day, firefighters changing shifts were greeted with cheering Colorado Springs residents, eager to thank them for their heroic efforts in battling the fire. One of the residents commented that they felt helpless sitting at home while the firefighters were working so hard. KKTV reported, they cheered for those firefighters and emergency crews as they changed shifts. Those who just got done battling the blaze and those just heading back into harm's way. The news reported that firefighters were dealing with temperatures near the fire upward of 2,000 degrees, hotter with burning structures. They also battled through the dangers of smoke and fatigue. The firefighters said they were surprised and inspired by the community support. Firefighter Tad Moritzson said, it gives us encouragement because it's nice to have a smile on your face after working a 24-hour shift. On the north side of the springs, the Air Force Academy lifted the evacuation order and families were able to return to their housing. President Obama finally made a two-hour appearance on this day and declared the area a major disaster. The declaration provided funding for crisis counseling, disaster unemployment assistance, public assistance for emergency work, and a hazard mitigation grant program. Starting on Saturday, June 30th, evacuation orders were lifted. First, mandatory orders for Teller County and Woodland Park were lifted, followed soon by Green Mountain Falls, Chapita Park, and Cascade. By 8 o'clock p.m. Sunday, July 1st, most of the evacuation orders for Colorado Springs were also lifted. Officials reported the fire as 55% contained. On July 5th, officials reported the fire as 90% contained. The Type 1 Incident Management Team began to demobilize, and on July 7th, command was transferred to a Type 3 team. In the final tally, almost 18,500 acres, over 28.5 square miles, and 346 homes had burned. But worst of all, two people, 74-year-old veteran William Everett and his 73-year-old wife, Barbara, were killed by the fire while in the process of evacuating. The fire was reported 100% contained on July 10, 2012. But the story doesn't stop there. The time had come for rebuilding, erosion and flood mitigation, and reforestation efforts. People who had lost homes in the fire were now faced with the prospect of rebuilding their lives. 
firefighters, and other first responders needed to quickly refit to be ready for the next emergency. And the family, friends, and community of Mr. and Mrs. Everett needed to take time to mourn their loss. The area that once held the Waldo Canyon hiking trails remains closed to the public. Its parking area on westbound Highway 24, blocked off by T-barriers. Investigations by the U.S. Forest Service and by the FBI determined that the fire was started by a human, but whether on purpose or accidentally remains unclear. But this year, for us living in Teller County, this is one of the most salient points. The Waldo Canyon fire and the devastating Heyman fire before it were started by people. Of course, some of those people have some sort of mental defect. Some of them circumvent fire bans because they feel inconvenienced. And others, like Terry Barton, know better, but let their emotions or opinion cost lives, forest, property, and homes. So as Teller County residents, let's take the steps to protect ourselves and those around us. Be vigilant in knowing if a fire ban is in place and don't violate it. If you have visitors coming in from out of the county, make sure they understand the fire danger. If you run a vacation rental, make sure the current fire status is clearly and effectively displayed for your renters to observe. And if you see someone acting dangerously with fire, inform them of the fire ban status and, if necessary, involve law enforcement. If you ignore it and shuffle it off as someone else's problem, it will potentially come back as your problem again in a much deadlier and more costly way. Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And if you find yourself heading off on a camping trip, check the sheriff's website for fire ban information before you go. We look forward to having you join us next time for more stories from the Midland.